1: Yes it is. Welcome back Friday, October eighth, twenty twenty one, as we head into hour two. This open lines Friday, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. If you were listening in the last hour to that montage of people talking about the importance of getting vaccinated and how your freedom is not important. If you were listening to the audio of Joe Biden, we can play it all later again if you want. If you were listening to the audio I was playing of Joe Biden saying there is a greater good for those who are being dismissed from their jobs or forced to leave because they refuse to get a vaccine. While he lies about what a vaccine does, he did. He lied. I'm put in mind of C.S. Lewis. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would, it would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies, he wrote. For the robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity, great word. Do you know the word cupidity? It means greed. His cupidity may at some point be satisfied, but those who torment us for our own goodwill torment us without end, for they do so with the approval only of their own conscience, their truth, their will, their will to power. Not that right makes might, but that might makes right. Their version of science. And if any Soviet experts out there or Russian history experts out there are wondering where the familiarity is of you being able to keep your job and maybe even travel in this country if you show them a vaccination paper, only if you show them their pa- your papers. For those that find that just a little familiar, think about what it took to get a job in the Soviet Union. You had to show that you were a member of the party. You were towing the party line. If you think that there's a connection, you're not wrong. And if you think they can do it for this, where wouldn't they? Right now the airlines are in the news. American Southwest United. United just lost several... Several hundred employees because they refused to get vaxxed. Why? Why the focus on the airlines? Why the tormenting of pilots and flight attendants? Most pilots, I believe, by the way, are former military. If someone has a different, I haven't looked it up in a long time. It used to be the case. I I assume it still is. Has there been? Have there been great stories about super spreaders on airlines? You're more likely to be struck by lightning than get COVID from riding on an airplane. So riddle me this, too. When will the government start forcing all our shoes be double thick rubberized? Lest we die from a lightning strike. All this hysteria, all this hysteria, all these people's lives upended, having thought we got through the dark winter as Joe Biden promised us, now to only have to think about whether they want to support their families or make judgments against their own best interests as they see them for their own health and their family's own health. People being forced to make those choices, tyranny exercised for the good of its victims, You now look at what we're doing with airlines and school board meetings, for that matter. And you see what Lewis meant, C.S. Lewis meant, when he said they will torment us without end. For they do so with the approval of their own conscience. Does it raise the question in anyone's mind? Has this question been asked by anyone lately? If you can nullify the U.S. Constitution... And all state rights along with it, and individual sovereignty over your own and your family's health, schooling, and work. Being on the chopping block for you, being the Hobson's choice—vaccination or no school, no work. If they if they can do this over a public health issue, where if you get COVID nineteen if you have a 99.98% chance of survival. If they can do all this for a two-tiered problem that gets you to a 99.98% survival rate, you worry about the existential threat you hear the environmentalists talking about, that unless we dramatically overhaul everything... We will have entire ecosystems devastating us. Or, I'm sorry, entire ecosystems being devastated. Do you wonder what they might start doing with that? Or other things? Kind of car you drive, how much? Gas lines were not a good thing. They were not a good thing. And neither were breadlines, and neither was the Soviet Union. And neither is any form of totalitarianism. And I'm looking for the people who are calling it out. We're kind of getting into uh, the election season where you're seeing pre-election season where you're seeing a lot of ads now from candidates striving to be the nomination, the nominee of their party. More Republican ads than Democrat ads I've seen lately. It's an interesting question as to why. Democrats don't challenge each other that much. That's one. That's one. But if someone wants to know whether I'm going to vote for them or not, I'm going to ask them what they spoke up about when it came to totalitarianism. Where were they? Where were they? What were they saying? What were they doing? What were they risking? Doesn't take much to say something important about this. Which is exactly why the Biden administration wants to cow you into silence by threatening to sick the FBI on you. Do not underestimate what's taking place here. No civil libertarian ever would have up until 10 years ago. Ever would have. But the party line became more important than the First Amendment. And if you listen to my first segment in the first hour, you'll see how and why. And it's all about this thing called freedom of speech. It's all about it. Let me make a note to you all that 960thepatriot.com is where you can go if you miss any part of this show that I may be referencing. It's all there. It's all there for you. Every show all the time. Six zero two five zero eight. 508 Zero nine six zero. Let's go to Mike and Carefree. Hi, Mike.
2: Hi, Seth. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks for I, calling. I, I had occasion recently just to reread George Washington's uh, farewell address. Oh, yeah. And he eloquently describes the 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 outcome when party becomes more important than the constituent. Right. And that it allows for the abuse of power. Well, we've gone past the Constitution. We've shredded that. We're going up for the Magna Carta now. Retravel's going away. Now, I'm a physician, and the the thing that bothers me most is the mistruth about the general principles of a, a respiratory virus. The fact that you can find a viral particle on a piece of cardboard that was touched two weeks ago does not mean that it's infectious. Infectivity has to have a dose, a susceptibility, and a route of entry. And each virus is different, but this virus tends to be fairly highly infective, but it is almost exclusively from a high dose of respiratory exposure. And people who aren't sick and may carry, and may have a, a viral episode, are not particularly infectious. It's true of all vaccinated part persons for influenza and for this.
1: Mike, this is this. so important, and I've got to take a commercial break. I apologize. Can I hold you over and, and have you come back on this on the other side? This is really important. Okay. I appreciate sure. it. I, no, I really do, Mike. Thank you. And everyone else on hold, wait as well. We have one line open, 602 We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Dr. Mike is in Carefree and is talking to us about dose-dependency vaccines and viruses. Uh, Dr. Mike, thank you for p- your patience. It's important to hear from you.
2: Well, it's, it's important that people understand that people can have a few viral particles in, in their nasopharynx and not be particularly infectious. It takes a certain dosage, for example, to get anthrax. It takes between three and 6,000 spores to be inhaled to get it otherwise there's a few particles around, you don't get it. The same thing is true of virtually all respiratory viruses. And, uh, and the thing about this particular virus is it's not stable in ultraviolet light and it's not spread by fomite. Coronavirus only live two or three seconds in, in daylight. So the fact that you can say, well, they've had a vaccine or they haven't had a vaccine and they still were positive. Yes. Yes, they they tested positive, but it's in the prodromal phase when people feel awful. they got a runny nose and snotty, and you ache all over, and you're coughing and sneezing. In the beginning, that's when the vast majority of your viral load is shed into the environment.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, what we what we really have found here is that, what your grandmother told you: if you're sick, don't go to work and don't go to school. Right. You know. If you if you, you wear a mask, works at taking out the big globs, but it, it it doesn't it doesn't prevent a few viral particles from going through. And it, it's just so annoying because uh, it, it, if you just test people and say, "Are you sick today? Do you have a fever? Do you have a runny and then you stay home. That's the best way to stop it. I mean, I had. Nurses and other doctors that work with me who came down with it and, you know, they said they felt crappy and they, they stayed it, they stayed and worked, <laughs> you know, spreading it because in the start of the pandemic, remember, we didn't have adequate PPE. Right, right. We didn't have adequate tests. Right. And so people worked through COVID. One of my nurses had an extended problem with it and I'm sure she had a mild cardiomyopathy. And then they insisted on top of it that she get her vaccination. Knowing that being vaccinated after you've had it within six months puts you at risk of myocarditis and an emboli. It's it's not a great risk. It's like three in a thousand, but that's real. Mike, my, my my
1: question, this is so helpful. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Finish up. That's
2: right. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing is, the politicians are using both sides of the argument, both sides of the eye. And and they're, they're just taking everything out of context. I mean, the, the things we know about this virus is, one, it's not stable in daylight. Two, it's spread when the person has a lot of secretions, And it's not spread otherwise. And it doesn't hang around a long time. and It's not spread by fomite. You don't get it off doorknob. And and nothing will prevent you from uh, having a vaccine will reduce your risk. The purpose of a vaccine, especially when the two two times is that your body will recognize the the invader faster. So it will attack it and you won't have the symptoms for as long. And ideally, most people don't show symptoms at all after being vaccinated. But. Generally speaking, just as they told you with flu vaccine, well, you may get the flu, but it won't be nearly as bad. Have you heard that
1: before?
2: Sure. Same thing is true of this.
1: Understood. Understood. Let me ask you this. Does immunity exist in your experience, your knowledge, your research of the literature? Does immunity exist for those that have had COVID and survived it? at a level as good, better, or worse than vaccination?
2: Generally speaking, better.
1: Having said that, knowing that about 56, closing in on 60% of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated, you add that with what you were talking about, people who have had COVID that may not have even known it, people that have had COVID that did know it, Seems to me we're probably getting pretty close, if not already well past certain thresholds of herd immunity, are we not?
2: Herd immunity generally speaking is around 70% okay. in, in terms of everything. Okay. We're clearly there. We're Boy, clearly I think we're there clearly
1: there. past it because I'm assuming 10, more than 10% of the US population, right? Right?
2: Yeah, herd immunity doesn't mean that it's going to be extinct. Of course. It means that you're not going to have a huge epidemic that's overwhelming. Right. The people, the people are not defining herd immunity nor what it means in a correct manner.
1: Well, the way immunity, I'm using it, what the way I'm using it is to protect ourselves as much as possible, or at least as well as a vaccine, without having to inject something into ourselves that we may not want to. That's how I'm defining it. That protects us at it least as well as that which we are being told we have to vaccinate ourselves with.
2: Uh, I'll give you an example of herd immunity. And if you were born before 1960, everybody got measles, mumps, and yep. bella. Yep. And they were immune. So that the people, there were outbreaks of, of the non-immune that happened, and they happened on a regular basis. In the early days of trade with the Hawaiian nations, they came there to a to a you know, Uh, A a population that had no uh, resistance or exposure to to measles, and we killed 95 percent of the native population of Hawaii, and and so that herd immunity helps. It means that you are relatively safe. There is no way you can be 100 percent safe and live. Right. Life is risk. Right. But herd immunity, so that you don't have to run around. With your hair on fire right. and breathe through four ass. That's how I. That's that, how I
1: use it. Yeah, that's how I've been using it.
2: Then, mm-hmm. then you're relatively safe.
1: Yeah. At least as safe. At least as safe as being doubly vaccinated. You're saying likely more. Right. I want it at least yeah, as. No, I, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm very pro. I'm very pro-vaccine. I was vaccinated the first day it was available in Arizona. I did a fellowship in immunology. Um but I fully respect someone who doesn't wish to take it. And remember, this vaccine is still technically experimental. Right. Though it's, not, it's not gone through the fully approved process. Right. It certainly hasn't been done for children.
1: Well, that's that's kind of where I'm getting to a red line here. Are we really at a point in the society where we need to experiment this thing, on to have an experiment on children with this thing that really doesn't affect them?
2: I, I put no children in the hospital during the COVID yeah. epidemic. Yeah. yeah. But I had one COVID vaccine in an eighteen year old that got it and he had myocarditis. Yeah. Yeah. So it's risk versus benefit. Yep. That's always that risk versus benefit. And the risk versus benefit for kids is upside down. By so the way, happens. I'm sure I'm
1: sure I'm sure you've you've told certain patients to take Benadryl, but not others maybe or some other Somewhat Correct. innocuous. I mean, this is the world we're living in. But, Doctor Mike, this has been so helpful, sir. Thank oh, you. Have a great day. You do the same. By the way, carefree people are traveling. Let me do another shout out to another listener, Madison, who turns fourteen today. Happy birthday, Madison. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you have a great year. What's my wish for you? My wish for you, Madison, is that your best days of last year appear as your worst days of this year I'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Leveson show 60250809 Six zero six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty on this your open lines Friday Lisa's in Phoenix. Hello, Lisa. Hello,
3: oh, thanks for taking my call.
1: Of course, thank you.
3: Um, I was just talking to of mine who says I listen to the news I want to listen to, and she listens to the news she wants to listen to, and we don't agree on anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. But when I tell her facts, she says they're not facts or she doesn't know about them. So I was thinking about putting up billboards with facts. Mm-hmm. How many people have died from fentanyl because the drugs that are coming into a porous border? So those, those are facts. And if you see it on a billboard, maybe you'll pay attention to those facts. But lots of facts. And just a little saying, I want to be started at Ditch Mitch. For the Senate, he's not helping us at all, in my opinion. So I would be willing to contribute money for billboards. 20% of children in America go to bed hungry. But we are admitting million a million illegal aliens that we're going to feed. we're not feeding our own children that's a great billboard you know is this what you want in our country
1: it's a beautiful idea lisa and i'm just sitting here thinking it through first off why didn't i think of it second thank you for thinking of it but (laughs) third you know let's 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 put this out there and if there's anyone who has you know involvement in, in 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 billboard advertising uh email me and 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 maybe we can put together a campaign you know what i'd call it i'd call i'd call it freedom facts freedom facts a freedom fact campaign yeah you're right the, the billboards do have an effect and they do leave an impression and that's a funny thing a lot of a lot of people buy billboard space just for a nice message, obviously for commercial purposes, but some of them do it for just a nice value message or a public service announcement. The state obviously got involved during COVID with its own, with its own billboard campaign, utilizing a lot of the uh, local ad agencies in Arizona to craft that messaging. Why can't we have Freedom Facts? Why can't we have a freedom fact campaign? Because you're right, Lisa. There is a large segment of the population, and it might even creep into the majority. It might. That is in the grip of what – well, I, I, I was going to say what I call, but I think it was an originally a theological Catholic teaching, invincible ignorance. We've talked about that before. What's invincible ignorance? Invincible ignorance in public policy is when there is simply no fact, no argument that will satisfy your interlocutor. It's kind of like the Scotsman fallacy, it's a little bit like the no true Scotsman fallacy. They just redefine the debate as they go along. Wikipedia defines the Scotsman fallacy as an example this way. Person A, no Scotsman puts sugar on his porridge. Person B, but my uncle Angus is a Scotsman and he puts sugar on his porridge. Person A, but no true Scotsman puts sugar on his porridge. We'll stick with invincible ignorance for the time being. There is simply no fact that certain people will accept because of the power of their ideology, which is based on only one thing. It's two words, my truth, their truth. There is such a thing as the truth. People who even say my truth are conceding that (laughs) there is such a thing as the truth. Otherwise, they wouldn't use the modifier, pronoun, my personal pronoun, but that's what we have to deal with, and we have to learn how to deal with it. They have changed the terms of the debate by changing the terms within the debate all the time. And when that fails, changing terms and terminology, as the CDC did with the definition of vaccine, or as any number of people on the left do, with their terminology and use of language. Politics and the use of language. That's another George Orwell lesson we need to go through. Six zero two five zero eight. 0960. Got an interesting. Uh... Yeah, it's not an interesting. It's a really good giveaway. When we come back. I'm Seth and We will be right back. Speaking of country music, I want to give two tickets. To the next person who calls in, two free tickets to the Power of Five's Salute to American Veterans on November 6th, featuring live concert. Big and Rich will be there. Eddie Montgomery of Montgomery Gentry, Aaron Lewis. I have two tickets for you. If you can come in between the hours of 9 and 3 to pick them up and talk to my producer, Bill, about it. Next caller gets these two tickets. We'll do a lot more of this as we head towards November 6th. Another good reason to stay with us. Uh, Mike is in Maricopa. Hi, Mike. Yes, good afternoon, Seth. How are you? I am doing excellent. And you? I'm well, and I love your energy. It sounds like you're doing excellent. I'm I'm pumped. All right. Uh, on your first hour, you were talking
4: about you playing the clips of president biden and all the rest yeah. of these people i think that what we can boil it down to it's either the jab or the job and you know i sometimes i think back of what things were going on before all this uh, covid coven religion stuff yes. came along yes. and i recall that california had passed a law that if you knowingly infect someone with aids you're not going to be held accountable and I understand that Governor Schwarzenegger's not been governor for a while and had nothing to do with this law. But I just it's a little humorous that you can infect somebody, knowingly infect somebody with one virus and then get away with it. And then knowingly or unknowingly infect somebody with a virus. And it's like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world type of a deal.
1: I don't know. I, I got to check out that law. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I did not. Know yeah, that. it
4: it I'll check it, out. it was like right before it might have been in December of 2019 or January 20. Oh, okay. Right before, and another uh, item, just as a, a flashback type of a deal. Remember, Iran shot down a civilian airliner. I wonder what happened about all those news stories on that deal.
1: What happened to the just, news stories about World War Three breaking out because we killed Qasem Soleimani? <laughs> No, I honest to gosh, go Google it. Go Google World War Three Soleimani Trump. Story after story after story of Trump's recklessness for killing Soleimani would bring about World War Three. I have a feeling just a little one, Mike, that what Biden did in Afghanistan is going to lead to a lot more death than our killing of Soleimani, which I think is going to lead to a lot more living, frankly. Just today, Absolutely. just today, uh, in Afghanistan, forty-three people were massacred in a mosque. Good work.
4: Yeah, I heard something about that. Uh, but but what I really kind of want to talk about, I, I have some questions about this DEA agent that was killed on the Amtrak train in
1: Tucson. Oh yes, right. Right, right, right.
4: It, it seems that there's a lack of commentary from the local and the national talk show hosts. I I, mon- I don't have a TV. I don't have a computer here. Uh, but I monitor at least three different local radio stations. And I notice that there's very little information of about what's going on compared to what we heard about with George mm-hmm. Floyd. mm mm-hmm. And some of the questions. now I heard that these uh, two perpetrators, that they were carrying bags of marijuana, uh, I'd kind of like to know, I mean it's like, is it a little baggy for somebody's personal consumption, or did they have suitcases full of it? What, what was the weight? Uh, next question I have is, where did they get on? It said that these trains started in L.A, but it does make a stop in Maricopa so i don't know where was their destination what were their tickets it was supposed to go all the way to new orleans and the third question is if the dea and the police are screening the passengers how did they get a pistol on board mm-hmm. were they operating maybe with a fourth person like a woman that carried the pistol in her purse and because generally um, it's kind of taboo mm-hmm. to to search a woman's purse yep. and uh uh, the last question I have is: What's the immigration status, or are they cartel members? Uh, and I, I just, you know, I, like I say, I, I listen to Sebastian Gorka. I, I listen to Sean Hannity sometimes. I listen to those two clowns that took over from Rush Limbaugh. I listen to um, what's this other guy, Dan Bongino? All right, well, you listen and, to a lot
1: of talk right here before we get into too much group life here, Mike. I, I oh, take oh, the right. I take the one. I don't want to. I don't want to be in the business of criticizing my colleagues. But let me say this about – let me just say this about a a very important point you're making. Right. Let's start with the DEA's agent's name. He had a name. He was a life. His life mattered. His life was in the service of saving lives. We don't put in this country – I should say we used to not put in this country – higher and lower values on people's lives but i give you the age we live in and we seem to we seem to put a higher value on lives of people who abuse the police than the police and this dea this dea agent's name was michael garbo and his life mattered and you're right to bring it up and let me say another point now that we're in october I don't know, Mike, if you're familiar with uh, what is called Red Ribbon Week. Red R- Ribbon Week it used to be a lot more popular. It still, ha- it still goes on. It's in the latter part of October, so it'll probably start in about two weeks. It's a week of awareness. used to be countrywide, statewide. used to see a lot more about it, interestingly enough, when the problem wasn't as big as it is now. It was Red Ribbon Week was an awareness week on substance use. Alcohol and drugs. OK, it was to raise awareness during that week. And, you know, theoretically, there would be PSAs, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Red, rib- Red Ribbon Week. Red Ribbon Week began in 1985. Why? To commemorate the killing of a DEA agent named Kiki Camarena, who was tortured by the Mexican drug cartels to death to death. Kiki Camarena, no one remembers that anymore. No one remembers the origins of Red Ribbon Week, and some people don't even know that there is a Red Ribbon Week. But yeah, Kiki's life mattered, you bet, and so too did Michael Garbo's. This is a big issue, and you also won't hear a lot about this on the news anymore, Mike. 90,000 Americans killed by substance use last year, illegal drug use last year. You won't hear much about that either. 90,000. I'm sorry, you got me yep. mad, but not because I'm mad at you, but because I'm mad about the world we're living in that you're pointing out, if that makes sense. You're
4: fire, fired up.
1: Well, I, I there's a lot to be fired up about right now. There Absolutely. really
4: is. The the uh, real quick, I hear the music, but I just want to say this on this Kiki Camarena. I'm aware of it. Good. The guy that, uh, gosh, it slips my mind what, what who was wanted, but he had been arrested and did a bazillion years down in Mexico. And he was released quietly. And now the United States has asked for his extradition. And nobody seems to know where he is. Um, Caro Quintero, I think. It oh, was, right. I know. One.
1: I know the case you mean. Well, you know. You have to be in the privileged class to get the privileged treatment. Remember how – well, how about all the news that stopped two days ago, stopped because of a school shooting in Texas, the shooters out on bail? Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 Robert in Surprise. Hello, sir.
5: Hello, Seth. Happy Friday, and I wish you all the best. I um, loved your monologue, and the monologue reminded me that I think this whole vaccination thing is completely totalitarian because it's being shoved down everybody's throat. And they're not even talking about any other options. Nope. Like the whole natural immunity and, you know, the pills, the hydroxychloroquine, or, like in Mrs. Robin, my case, we um, have, and we're in our 60s, um, we've been taking our zincs and our vitamin D3s, and we're outside a lot in the last almost two years now. Never caught it, been exposed to others, and... This is something that this whole equation involving uh, having to, uh, you know, get a vaccine, nobody talks about.
1: We're not so automaton he, robots he to be controlled by a government, because what you're testifying to, Rob, is what everyone intuitively used to know. And it seems like only people like that are in such an audience as this one know, which is that human beings are all different. They're all oh, yeah. different. You might very well go up to someone with COVID and not attract it after spending 30 or 40 or 50 minutes with them in a closed room, and someone else may have the same experience and attract it. People are different. The person who attracts it may be asymptomatic. Another person may not. The not The person who is symptomatic may be in the hospital, may not. May have it for three days. May have. How many, Rob? How many stories have you heard? Here's the proof. Here's the proof. And this is a fact. Everyone knows it. Everyone (laughs) probably knows someone who had COVID. You do, Rob, don't you? I do. I know people. Oh, absolutely. And every single story is a different experience. Every single one of them. Well, sure. Oh, yeah. You were sick for three days. Oh, you lost sense of smell. Oh, it came back. Oh, it didn't come back. Oh, you were sick for two days. It was a little worse than the flu. It was a little better than the flu. It was worse than a cold. It was less worse than a cold. You didn't. I mean, we've all heard these stories five days, seven days, eight days, a week, 10 days, less. Yeah. Everyone is different, and, and everyone knows it.
5: That's right. And that's why I think this very point is what made America. Become totalitarianism because it's being shoved down everybody's throat by the uh, federal government.
1: You betcha. We are in Animal Farm, baby. We're in Animal Farm. Pete Peterson coming right up. We're going to talk about a lot of this with him. What does a academic scholar at a university think about the Attorney General sending agents to town hall meetings? Be right back.